0: Hi, badasses. A few weeks ago, Kelly and I interviewed Jess Stone, who, along with her husband, Greg, and her beloved dog daughter, Moxie, were traveling the world on motorcycles. We were devastated to learn today that Moxie has crossed the Rainbow Bridge. As saddened as Kelly, our producer, Jenny, and I all are, we wanted to honor Moxie by sharing this story, knowing how much Moxie was loved. We hope you enjoy.
1: Hey, badasses. I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stays-Kirsch. And we're your hosts for the Badassery Life podcast, a podcast where we feature the stories of women that make us say, she's badass. Through this podcast, we want to lift others up and empower all women to own their badassery life.
0: If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We'd also love it if you joined us on social media, Facebook, and Instagram at Badassery Life. And if there's a badass woman out there you want us to know, email us at badassrelife at gmail.com.
1: All right, we're doing this by Zoom again. I miss you, Stevie, but this guest is like all over the world. So we had to do this by Zoom, unless we could have gotten a flight down to Mexico to to, do to i know
2: her.
0: i know that would yeah be really so we'll we'll
1: get started because i know we're both super excited but stevie in particular but you'll find out why um but you know as you know if you're listening to us and he will li- listen to other episodes we hope to awaken the badass in you each time by bringing you stories of powerful beautiful bold women like this one so stevie you found her you fell in love with her I'm going to let you intro her. She
0: doesn't even know it. She doesn't know the level of fangirl yet. She will throughout the podcast, but I am so excited to talk to this badass today. Like I said, I'm a total fangirl. So my best friend sent me a story that CNN travel had done on her as she and her husband and their German shepherd Moxie traveled the world on motorcycles. So already that's like a trifecta for me, right? Right motorcycles, dogs, hitting the road. I'm all in. So meet Jess Stone, a badass content creator, entrepreneur, philanthropist, wife, dog mom, and adventurer. When it's all said and done, Jess and her husband, Greg, and Moxie, the German shepherd, will have traveled across nearly 90 countries. They've been on the road for almost a year now, and the adventure is just getting started. Welcome to Badass Life Podcast,
2: Jess. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fantastic. Looking forward to it.
1: Oh my God, Jess. Okay. I'm trying to name 90 countries, let alone travel. <laughs> travel I'm trying to, to name like nine. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. So anyway, this is super exciting. But before we get started, Jess, we have a Spotify Badass Life. life. Playlist. So, do you have a song that like pumps you up? Something that you're, you know, uh, when you're on your motorcycle, you're feeling like a badass, even though you are without the song. Okay. So, when I'm about to start riding an off road stretch that's hard, I always put on
2: ACDC's Back in Black. <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: Excellent one. And then I don't think anybody else has chosen that one. So, good choice. Yep. Okay.
1: So I, feel we like go, we to dive
0: right, I know we got to dive right in because we it's a 30 minute podcast. We try to keep this close to that as possible. And there's so much to unpack in this 30 minutes. Um, but let's start, Jess, in kind of the early days. What was young Jess like?
2: So young Jess was not really much of a badass. She grew up in suburbia and Toronto and Canada. Uh, pe- my parents were from Switzerland originally. They moved to Canada when they were in their thirties because they didn't think that they could get pregnant. Within a month, my mother got pregnant. So they decided to stay there. And so I grew up just with my parents and my sister uh, in in Toronto. And every summer or so, we would go back to Europe, to Switzerland and see my family. But so there was that travel that was part of it, but not really much else sort of grew up and did that thing. And it was only as I got into uh, my high school and university years that I actually started to do travel by myself and solo travel.
1: Wow. Okay. So my daughter is 20 and she's studying at Purdue university here in Indiana, um, to be a pilot and she wants to live the van life and travel. So I'm going to like, as soon as we're done recording this in this tour, because Stevie's a fan girl and Bailey's going to become a super fan girl because to know that you traveled so young and then continued it on. Of course, I'm looking at you and you're like this beautiful, blonde, young person. So you're probably like, to me, I'm like, oh, she's only 21 anyway. So how can you, you yeah. know? No, no, no,
2: no, no, There are many years between 21 and what I am now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we never ask because every age is badass. That's <laughs> right. We go. So, so just- what took you then, I guess, um, into like this huge travel world where you're Canada, Guatemala, riding motorcycle? I mean, there's so much. How do you, I don't even know how you- start your adventures?
2: So when I was in basically in university at the time, I was studying my undergrad, I was doing environmental science, and I wanted to do something else. I was sort of tired of being in Canada, I wanted to really test myself, and I wanted to challenge and see what I could do by myself. So that's when I decided to go to Ghana, West Africa, and I, I spent about six months working in like the most rural village that I could find. No electricity, no running water. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Um, and uh, it was fantastic. And I was, I was uh, teaching grade one at the time with just little kids and some adult education after school. Um, so I was able to really fully immerse myself. And that was the start of everything. From there, I changed my major. I went to international development. After I did that, I did my master's degree in international development in South Africa because I wanted something that was different. And then from there, I got into international aid work and was in Africa for about six years working in post-conflict zones, uh, doing all different types of uh, coordination when it comes to logistics and program management and grant management. So that was sort of my world and that was the career that I had set out for myself to do.
0: So you said no running water, no electricity. That's where my brain kind of like turned off, and I thought that in, that alone makes her the, anybody who can do that is a total badass. So
2: yeah, I, it I, was it was definitely a shock. Like I knew it was happening, and I knew what it was involved, but the first time I had to take a bucket shower, wasn't really sure. Do you put the bucket in? You soap yourself first? How does that whole thing work? But I figured it out.
1: Oh my wow. gosh! Oh, wow. That's amazing. I don't, I have a question um, just about the, the international aid work. Like, is there a project or work or country, anything that like stands out over the others that like, it just was so much more, I'm sure they're all impactful, but like, I'm trying to envision and wrap my arms around like that international aid work. And is there something that in particular that you were doing that just like tugged at your heartstrings? Cause I'm sure all of it does, but.
2: Yeah. So the the I think the most interesting one for me was working with the American Refugee Committee. They're now called Alight. They rebranded. Um, but that was in South Sudan. Um, that was when Sudan and South Sudan seceded. This was in 2011 uh, where the, the country separated. So I was there during that time. And South Sudan was going through a lot of, um, it was a brand new country, you know, everything new was happening, but there was still conflict happening during where the oil was being, um, um, where they were taking the oil from. So I was working on the Southern part of South Sudan, right on the Ugandan border. And that's where we were doing primary healthcare uh, projects. So we were working with women and and focusing on uh, mortality and doing HIV AIDS projects and really helping uh, these communities. And there were a lot of times where I had to go to different field offices and one of the field offices, uh, we actually got caught up in a bit of a militia attack. Uh, There was uh, another warring sort of tribe came in. Uh, They wanted to take over the town. They were shooting and we were sort of in lockdown. So there was a lot that was happening in those in those places. And it was just a it was a new new country, but it was still insecure in areas. But it was the most rewarding place because people were just so happy to have us there and help support what they wanted to get done. Um, And so that was one organization that I really liked working with. And ironically, that's the one where my husband now, Greg, was also working for uh, and he actually was working on the other side of the country at the time. And I, He was an American from Los Angeles. I'm a Canadian from Toronto and Canadians and Americans don't always have like the best relationship. And uh, I thought Greg was the most arrogant guy that I had ever met. Uh, And we just like, we didn't hit it off very well at the beginning. And luckily, we spent about a year separated from each other. We still had to communicate through work and all of that. And it was only near the end of our time together did we sort of re-sort of build up a friendship uh, after all of that because we both knew we were leaving at the same time. And uh, we got together right at the end of our time together when we were in the Capitol. And then we both went our separate ways. He went to Los Angeles. I went to Toronto. Uh, within a week, we decided this has to continue. We got to figure this out. So then we went to Telluride, Colorado, and we rented the love nest, which was an Airbnb or a a place that we rented for a week so that we could just see what would happen. And so it did. We, we happened for a week and he had a job in Liberia, West Africa, and he, it was an accompanied post. So you're allowed to like bring a partner or a spouse with you. Uh, And so within a, after that week of being together, he's like, want to come and move to Liberia with me and I said sure let's do that so after that we moved to Liberia he was working for uh, Mercy Corps which is another nonprofit. I also ended up working for a USAID contractor when I was out there and through that that's when the motorcycling came in because he said that he wanted to do a North to South America trip he had done Los Angeles to Panama ran out of money and couldn't complete the trip he couldn't get to South America and so he said, in his, it was his dream that he wanted to complete this trip. And he was saving up all of the money that he was making in Liberia to do this trip. And so he, he said, well, I'm gonna do this. And he's like, you're welcome to come along, but you have to learn how to ride. I'm not riding with you on the back. So you need to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And it was at that point where I was like, well, look, I we went to Colorado together. We spent the week and now we're in Liberia. Like, I've invested a lot into this relationship already and I, I'd like to see how where it will go and I'm not ready to give it up. So I said, okay, teach me how to ride a motorcycle. I had no idea how to drive a standard car. My license had expired previously because a lot of the times in Africa you have drivers because it's insecure and then they drive you places. Um, so didn't really didn't really think too much of it. And then, so he taught me how to ride in Liberia on two little sport bikes.
1: Oh my, God. like, I just don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I what, know to, say what to say.
2: Like,
0: wow, okay. So, so tell us, Jess, so how did Moxie become part of this travel team?
1: Great, <laughs> where, where did Moxie, Moxie's the dog, German Moxie, Shepherd. Moxie the German Shepherd. Yes. Moxie's the
2: German Shepherd. So after, so we did complete, the trip from north to south america we did la to canada and then we went all the way down to chile santiago it was an 8 month trip um wasn't really the trip of a lifetime that i had uh, that he had hoped it was going to be for me i was really anxious the whole time i was on a brand new bike a big bike had a lot of luggage and it was just a new experience for me so i was really i was really anxious throughout this trip jess i'm going to stop you for a second cuz i also ride you're t- i ride
0: like Around the corner, you're talking about these incredible rides. How long did it take you to really get comfortable? And then you're in some conditions that, like, I see Sandra Gravel and I'm like, well, we're done here. Like, that's uh, no. Um, but you're in some serious conditions that an experienced rider would ha- find daunting. So, how long did it take you to feel comfortable? And then, how do you handle those situations?
2: I had about a thousand, less than a thousand miles on that 160cc, that small bike in Liberia before we went to LA and we bought the BMWs that we have. So I, I moved from a 160 to a 6 650 BMW and it's a dual sport bike. So it's meant to be off-road as well as on-road.
1: Um,
2: and at the beginning, when I was learning, practicing on that bike in LA, like LA was the worst place to do it in the sense that like you have to get on the freeway everywhere. The merge all the time, there's traffic and... And so it it was anxiety provoking uh, learning in that place. But uh, we did a few short trips, like to some of the national parks and things like that uh, before we like set off on the trip. And the good thing was, is when we set up, we started going north first. So all through the states of Canada, Uh, where things are basically paved for the most part and we didn't need to like go off on the beaten path. And so then when we turned around uh, and we started going south, that's where things got a little bit more tricky, where there's a lot of construction sites with gravel and there's dirt stretches that you need to do. And if you do want to like go off the beaten path and and see that cool waterfall or that interesting campsite, you're definitely going to have to ride on dirt. So there were some some difficult stretches, especially like in Baja in Mexico, for example, in the sand and first time riding in sand with all of the luggage on the back. I went down three times in a day. It was my birthday. And Greg looked at me and said, you're going to remember this birthday. It's going to be fantastic (laughs) for you. It's such a learning experience. You're just going to grow as a person. And I said, I am never doing this again. This was like the worst birthday I have ever had. (laughs) so it was it was definitely alerting
1: yeah oh my gosh okay so i'm gonna go back to the dog because to moxie yeah who we love and stevie's fangirling over moxie as well too um but i have a black lab marty who's like eight sometimes i can't even get the dog in my car to go for a walk like he's excited but you know he's like this big black lab and to try to like get up and down and he's you know a little bit older now at like nine so he's you know all creakety like you know whatever so like you decide you get this dog, right? So you get Moxie and then you're like, we're going to travel and we're going to create this whole world with you in it. And Moxie yeah. just like sits on your motorcycle. Like tell us, tell us.
2: So sure. So, so when we were in Guatemala, so after we did the trip, we moved to, we were in New Orleans for a little bit, and then we moved to Guatemala, which is where where we were living for the past six years now and I got Moxie cause I've always wanted a dog, but with our line of work, never really had the opportunity to have a dog. And I wanted a big dog. I didn't want like a Chihuahua. I wanted like I actually wanted a Newfoundlander and they didn't have a Newfoundlander for me. So we went to a German Shepherd. But there was an American guy who had brought his two shepherds down. They had their first litter. And when I saw those photos of Moxie, I said, "Mm, we're getting one of those. So we got Moxie, but we only had the two bikes. So we had to find a way to bring her along. And that's when we connected with our local, um, a local workshop. And started thinking about ways that we could construct something so that she could ride on the back of the motorcycle because I didn't want a sidecar or trailer because that really changes how things uh, like how riding is and I wanted to sort of stick with how I was how I was comfortable riding. So we created the now canine moto cockpit, which is like it's a metal tubular frame, it's upholstered, so it's really comfy, it's got a cushion. So Moxie just lays down, she she leaps up, and now I I actually am lifting her right now because she's got a, a, a bad leg, uh, she sprained her back leg. So I've been lifting her up, she gets in, she lays down, I harness her in, and... And then we go and that's that. And uh, it really only took a weekend to, to get her comfortable with riding. It took me a little bit longer to get used to the weight and her shifting, but because she's harnessed in, if she sees a squirrel or a cat or something, she's not going to leap off into traffic. Um, and then okay. when we do have tip overs and falls. Like she just stays comfy in her cockpit and she just waits for me to unclip her. It's not like she's got any trauma or anything. She's excited that these things happen
1: and then she's just ready to go again. Well, and I you love it. that yes. dog is living a better life. Like traveling more places than we have been. Oh, absolutely. Let that sink in a little bit. Absolutely.
0: And for our listeners, Jess has a great um, YouTube series that we'll get to later, but she even has like the five most asked questions. Like, how do you get your dog used to it? And she outlines that really splendidly. So if you're interested, we'll get to that later. So you, so talk to us because you just started a business um, while in Guatemala. Tell us Mm -hmm. about Roughly.
2: So we started roughly because I wanted gear for Moxie that sort of had the colors and the beauty of Guatemala, but that was going to be durable enough for like a German shepherd. She, I knew she was going to be this adventurous dog and I didn't want like a, like a foo-foo collar, like, but I did want like the colors and the textiles that like Guatemala had. So we, we were connected with um, some artisans when we were working in Guatemala. And we basically said, this is sort of the pattern that we would like, but we love your traditional techniques. Like, can you turn this into that? And we can add it with some like YKK buckles and some modern materials that are gonna be really durable but still really beautiful. And so that's how we started. We started with a collar with one of the artisans helping us out. And from there, it grew from collars to leashes. Now we have beds and bandanas and poop bag holders and everything that you would need for accessories for your dog. And it's all made by indigenous Guatemalan artisans. Uh, We've got women who are working from home so that they can take care of their kids and they can take care of their elderly parents. They don't have to travel to go and work. Um, And like during COVID, it was fantastic for them. They didn't they actually like increased their production at the time because we had so much demand and they didn't need to go anywhere. So it was like this perfect pairing. So we, that's why roughly it's ethical outdoor dog gear, because we're working with the women, because it's done in Guatemala, we pair, we pay a fair wage and we really are just using their traditional techniques to bring it to, to the, to the world.
1: That's amazing. And just to clarify, right, it's, it's go roughly, right? So if people want to follow it or, is yeah. The, so the website is goroughly
2: and you can see the shop there. All of the information is on goroughly
1: Okay. Okay. I wanted. I wasn't sure if the company. I want to make sure I got that right. So the company's roughly go roughly is the website. And then what about following you like uh, Stevie's doing? Um, where can people A like, social media? Follow? I know yeah. we, every.
2: <laughs> yeah, everything is under Go Roughly. You can see us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook. We're there as well. And then, uh, like Stephen mentioned, there's the YouTube series. We do a uh, Go Roughly Around the World Adventure series. So every Sunday, we put out a new episode, to sort of show you what it's like. So it could take you along on the adventure and, and see what traveling with a
1: dog around the world really looks like. And and I love that with the company, you talk about this epic adventure for girls. Can you talk also too about um, the organization called Girl Up and maybe the connection that you have with that? When I was deciding
2: on doing this around the world adventure with Moxie, I wanted it to mean something. And I wanted, it, I wanted it to have a greater impact than the impact we were currently having in Guatemala. And as an aid worker, like I had known about Girl Up for a long time, and, and they were founded by the United Nations Foundation. And they do girls empowerment projects, so leadership and development training, advocacy training for girls all around the world. So they're in 130 countries. So I thought, well, what a great way to sort of connect what I'm doing with, with girls out there that might be looking at me and thinking like, oh, I could never do that, but maybe be a little bit inspired to think, well, if I've got the stream, maybe I can make it happen too, just like she did. So that's where that connection came in. And I, I talked with Girl Up and said, OK, I want to do this as a fundraiser. So the goal is to raise $100,000 for Girl Up.
0: And I read, Jess, that do you go and talk to some of the girl and take Moxie and kind of explain and talk, inspire them?
2: Yep. So we, we do some meetups along the way for the different Girl Up clubs. Uh, one of the ones that we met was in, in Mexico City on our way up. Uh, and I was able to sort of show them Moxie on the bike. And we were able to talk about what things matter to them, what projects they're working on. And then I was able to share about what this adventure is like
1: about a woman riding around with a big dog on the back. That's amazing. So where are you on your fundraising? So you're trying to, you want to raise a hundred, hundred thousand for girls up. Like where are you on that? And again, how can people support you?
2: We're just under 14,000 right now. And you can support us at go roughly.com. There's a donate now button. All of the money goes directly to girl up. It's a hundred percent tax deductible in the U so S you'll receive a tax deduction from the UN foundation. And all of that information is on our website as well.
1: I love, love, love that you've put passions together and your travel, your aid work, your philanthropy. Dogs, yes, philanthropy, all, all of the things like you've found a beautiful way to make those all work together and that you, you have that huge heart that you want to do that. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, go travel the world and do it for yourself and, and your dog and your husband, but it's another to really kind of take your passion and, and impact um that you can have especially on young girls so, again which is another reason why we really wanted to have you on the show because it's all about women lifting up women women supporting girl. I mean so this is this is amazing I'm so excited she's like the she's like the perfect guest for this show. I know she's the perfect I know. guest I and Jeff I'm
0: sitting here thinking like since you guys got really crappy and constructed the cockpit for Moxie I've got a German shepherd I've got a pit bull I've got a Husky and a terrier. If you could do like a tiered thing, that's super safe too. It might get a little
2: unwieldy, (laughs) but but I'm going to just, I'm going to charge you with that. um, Well, we can definitely do two at a time. Four at a time might be a little bit pushing it, but I'll give it to Greg and let him think about it.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) what she didn't mention is that all of the dogs that Stevie takes in have special needs too. So there's going to have to be like, you know, an extra special care, um, for all of that as well too. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious Jess, with like all that you've done. And I mean, like all that you've done because there's so much of it, like, what are you most proud of? Like, and, and that's probably a really hard and unfair question, but, um, you know, what are, what are you most proud of?
2: Uh, Two parts. One, I would say I'm definitely proud of the impact that Roughly has had on the communities that we work with, with the women that we work with. We started with just one artist and now her whole family is involved. There are other members of the community that are involved that are at home and weaving the collars and and like doing the work. And it's just it's just been amazing to be able to have them come back to us and say, you guys have really helped us and helped build our community. And, And that's that's just such a special thing. Um, The other thing about this trip, particularly, one of my biggest fears was doing the trek up to the Arctic Ocean. It's a it's a 1600 kilometer there and back stretch that brings you up to the Arctic Ocean in Canada. And it's all gravel, dirt and sand. It it turns to mud when it's wet. And I was really concerned about that with having Moxie on the back um, because off road has always sort of been my boogeyman. And that's something that I'm still struggling with. But I did it. I rode that thing. I practiced along the way so that I was able to do it. I had a, a, a class in California before I went up an off-road course, uh, and that really helped. And so then when I did that stretch, I didn't go down. We did five days up. We wild camped along the way. Um, where there supposedly bears, didn't see any bears while we were camping, but there's supposedly bears. And then we made it all the way up to the Arctic Ocean. Moxie put her paws in. We went for a little swim, uh, camped right there at the coast, uh, where there was 24, 23 hours of sunlight at the time. It was just it was just a special thing. It's such an achievement that I I didn't really know if I was able to do until I actually like got halfway through it and said, I can do this. And,
0: and then I made it. I love it. I love when you tame your kryptonite. You're like, "Uh uh-uh, not today, kryptonite. Good for you. That's, I'm so proud of you. I don't even know you. I'm just meeting you, but I'm so proud of you. (laughs) So I'm, I'm trying to imagine just what in the world is next in this granted, like once you, once you've checked all the countries off the list and you've done all that, what's next?
2: Then we have to figure out where we want to be. So because we are riding, we ride for Four days out of the week, and then we stop and we work for three days three days out of the week. And when I say work, it means we're 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 managing roughly remotely. So we've got a team in Guatemala that's working like with the artisans and the cockpits, all of that is being done and we we manage it remotely. So after the after this adventure, like it means that we can live anywhere because if we can do uh we can manage our business for two and a half more years remotely, then I'm sure we could do it anywhere. And so I think we're going to have to figure out where we want to be and what we want to do. And that's sort of what we're thinking about as we go along on this trip to find places that that interest us, that we might want to stay at. Uh, We've spent a lot of time in Latin America uh, and in Africa, but Europe and Asia are still sort of brand new to us. So it's going to be interesting to see what we come up with next. But I definitely want to continue to make an impact because that's really what drives me.
1: I mean all those places sound fabulous and all that. I'm just going to throw in for our downtown Indianapolis, like Indianapolis, Indiana is a pretty badass place too. I mean, you know, just yep. think about it. Just think about it. That's <laughs> fine. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> add it to the list and let's see. But um yeah, oh gosh, I'm just trying to think again like wrapping my head around all these places. I can't wait. I have not had the opportunity yet. And that's on me to like stalk you like Stevie has. Um, but I have like right before this, I was looking up, I was shopping actually was where I was going with, with it for, for my dog, Marty. Um, but I, and I'm also nervous about like following all of your traveling because then I'm going to want to go, um, you know, quit my job and, I, and somehow find funds to travel like that. But I just, I love that. I love this so much. I love the adventure. I love that you're, you know, turning it all into like a, a passion and fundraising. I have to ask, I know we're, we only have about five minutes left, but I'm sure like the people love the dog, right? So <laughs> I keep going back. <laughs> you know, but like yeah, you show up they... in this town and they see this dog. I'm sure like Moxie, does a, does a Moxie, and I'm sorry, I'm asking this and I should know this. Does Moxie have like, its own fan club and like people oh, roll yeah. up and they're like, Oh my god, that's Moxie. They they
2: love her so if you see any photos of Moxie when she's riding, she's got pink goggles on. I love so, those. It's the, yes, moment, those. Yeah, the moment that people see her, like it, Greg and I always laugh about this because people will come and say, oh, my gosh, she's wearing goggles. Nobody says, oh, my gosh, you made a carrier that your big dog can <laughs> sit in and you can like ride around the world in it. No, they're so concerned about the goggles. They love the goggles. So we laugh about that all the time. But people always will come out of, of their cars. They'll take photos as we're riding down the street. They'll have their hand out with their phone trying to video uh, it and it's it's crazy because it's they'll they'll ride slowly beside me just so that they can get the footage right and then there's cars behind and it turns into this whole thing but they just get so excited and then they see that we have at go roughly on our boxes so then they're going to come back and they'll tag us and say I just saw you I can't believe it this is fantastic moxie looks great and yeah come that- come and big selfie so it's it's if she puts a smile on everyone's faces you know like you can't you can't see her and and not smile even the the old like grandmas who are walking down the street who have never seen anything like that they give it a look and then they start smiling or or the people the kids that are walking by and they just want to touch her and and the nice thing is that moxie's really like calm on the cockpit so she'll let everybody pet her and she'll she'll tolerate everybody loving her so it, it works out really well.
0: Yeah, I read that anytime you stop for gas,
2: Jess, it's like selfie palooza. They just yes. come out with the woodwork. And as that you must know, take and half an hour to get that done. Like it does. And it always happens when it's the hottest day. You've got all your gear on, you got your helmet on and they come out of the van. That's like air conditioned. And they're like, oh, hey, let's take <laughs> photos. Oh, wait, let's let's pose this way. Let me move on this side of the bike so that she's facing this way. And we basically spend like 10, 15 minutes taking photos.
1: Oh my it. gosh. I love it. Well, I know we're running out of time, Stevie. I know this is your, your fangirling over her. And if you want to ask the last question, it's all you, it's all so you.
0: funny too, because every time I think, oh my gosh, Jess and I have so much in common, she's relating it to like, her husband isn't in the country and they didn't really like each other. Mine didn't, but we worked at the aristocrat pub together and it was, you know, so it's kind of the same, but you know, not really the same. Okay. Uh, but yes, Kelly, you're right. As we close out the podcast, Jess. We always like to ask our guests about their special gift. We believe that all women have gifts. Some have gifts of inspiration, comfort, uh, strength, courage, empowerment, you name it. What do you think your special gift is and
2: how do you like to share it with the world? Okay. I want to say, I want to say that it is empowerment. I feel a little bit, um, bashful to sort of say it because it does sound very ballsy. And as much as I I might seem like a badass, I'm still an introvert inside. And I'm still this shy girl. So I, I feel a little bad to say it. But I think it's still true that my my gift is empowerment. I think when people see me and riding around with this big dog on the back, it it makes people think that they can do it too. And that's the whole point of go roughly around the world. And the more that I can get people to see us and get girls to get eyeballs on us, the more that I hope it's going to inspire them to just persist in their goals and really do the things that they want to do because that's really what life's all about.
0: I'm so glad you said that, Jess, because I think that a lot of times with the empowerment, especially people think that it's very active empowerment, like people are out there promoting and doing and there's also a passive empowerment. You're very inspirational, empowering all those things without promoting yourself and promoting the, you know, but thank you for making that distinction.
2: Yeah, I just want people to do the things that that might scare them a little bit. And if that means that they've got some anxiety about going to the next town or walking down the block or doing whatever it is, like, I, that's what I want people to feel empowered to do. They don't need to ride around the world with their big dog. This is just one extreme example. But I want people to sort of just to think about those things that really make them anxious or concerned about about themselves that they might want to change and that this hopefully will put them on that path.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, I would say this, don't be bashful about saying that your gift is empowerment, like own that shit. Like that's, you are empowering, you are inspiring and so much more. So, um, I easier said than done because I think women, and we find this during the podcast, you know, women kind of, um, hold that close to their vest or they don't want to like tout their, you know, their, uh, which is why we love it so much. That's why we ask the question, you know, and we want you to be like, yes, I am all about empowerment because you are Jess I just love it so much so yes Jess Stone empowerment that's her gift she's badass all the way around and we're just so thrilled that you took the time out of your travels that um moxie let you spend the time with us um, today yep, laying well. down right
2: here she's paying attention <laughs> oh, she's so, so,
1: good. She's so good Um, But yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here with us and sharing a part of your story. It's definitely one that made us stop and say she's badass. We need to get her on the show. That's wonderful. No, thank you for letting me share
2: my story. And hopefully, like we talked about, somebody listens to this and gets inspired to do something themselves. I yeah. already am. I already am. So thank you, Jess. And thank you to all the badasses
0: out there listening. We'd love to hear what you think. Write us a review or shoot us a message at badasserylife at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at badasserylife. Special shout out to Kevin McLeod for our original podcast music. And of course,
1: our badass producer, Jenny Duran. Until next time, keep being your badass self. And as Jess said, do the things that that might scare you. Go for it, right? Love it. All right. Thanks for listening.
0: So meet Jess Stone, a badass content creator. No, not creator. I just made that word up. Don't know.